Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the PAX What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And we've got, um, I don't know, I, I don't really want to recap the loss very much. So we're going to kind of just move right into uh, into Houston. And this is the going to wrap up the Packers um, two-game road stretch. Their only two-game road stretch of the season, which is kind of unique for them. That doesn't happen often. So... Um, before we get into that matchup, really quickly, some news came out around the NFC North earlier. Uh, Yanni Kingakwe was traded to the Baltimore Ravens, reuniting with Calais Campbell. And Daniil Hunter is getting surgery and will, I guess, miss the rest of the season. So the Vikings, who the Packers will play next week after Houston, will be without two of their best pass rushers, even though uh, Yannick was more of like a rental at this point for a couple of games. So Perry, any thoughts on what that means for the Packers and the Vikings, or do you just not care because it's the Vikings? I care. Um, <laughs> I just think that it's a game we should win that now we just have a better chance of winning. Uh, I think that the way that the Vikings have handled the Yannick Ngakwe situation is odd. Um, but if it puts them at a disadvantage, then great. <laughs> I couldn't have said it any better. Yeah, I love it. So lots to talk about. The 4-1 and one Packers obviously traveling to Houston to take on the 1-5 and five Texans who lost an absolute heartbreaker in overtime to division rival Tennessee Titans. Uh, this Texans defense is not good. We, we will talk about that, but... First, I think we want to talk about this being a get-right game for the Packers, specifically on offense. So let's dive right into it. There's a lot to talk about, but who is your player to watch for the Packers on the offensive side of the ball? I have so many, and a lot of my (laughs) answers tonight are, or today rather, this episode, um, are very position-based, so you can kind of swap any of the players. Cause I just think everyone on offense needs to get right game. Like very few players actually played well against the bucks. So, but who I'm really looking at, um, to bounce back in a big way, because typically after a bad game, he comes back, um, and scores three touchdowns. So I think a key to winning this game is to run Aaron Jones. Um, the Houston Texans defense is 31st in the league in Average number of plays allowed per drive and average time of opponent's drive. Um, Basically, they're bad. They stay on the field a really (laughs) long time. And the best way to continue a a drive, keep a defense on the field, continue to tire them out is to run the ball. Um, So I think that because we couldn't get the run game really going against um, the Bucks, that this will be sort of a check for Matt LaFleur and for Aaron Jones to make sure to like fix some of the things that we did wrong, right. Against the Buccaneers. Um, I also think it's a key to beating this team. You own the time of possession. You keep Deshaun Watson off the field. Cause he's basically the only winning piece of this entire team. Um, sustain, sustain long drives. So yeah, run, run Aaron Jones. Yeah. Jacob Westendorf and I talked about this on pack a day a little bit. And if this is going to be the Mike Patton defense that we see for the rest of the season, the best way to help out a Mike Patton defense is to not keep them on the field for very long. So if the Packers offense can sustain some of these drives, 
that'll bode well for them on Sunday. Um, yeah. Houston- inter- sorry. Interestingly enough, actually, the Texans are ranked worse in run defense than the Packers, if you can even believe that. Packers are at 25th. So, like, they're not good, but the Texans are 28th. Um, and they've already allowed over a thousand rushing yards to their opponents in the first six weeks of this season. So genuinely just feed Aaron Jones. Yeah. I mean, the stats honestly pile on the defense, uh, for Houston 30th in yards, 26th in points, um, last against the run specifically. Um, the defense has only gotten one interception in 204 pass attempts, They're allowing an average of 177.5 yards on the ground per game. They've given up over 200 yards twice this season. So Aaron Jones is the guy. I think I I agree with you. Um, I'm going to mix it up though. And my player to watch on offense this week is Elton Jenkins. And that's because I believe he's going to be the starting left tackle for the Packers going into Sunday's game. Really? You're not going to keep continuity and put Rick Wagner in there? I, I just, I think you want to get your best guys out there. And I think Elton Jenkins is a better left tackle than Rick Wagner. And I feel like it's going to be Elton Jenkins at left tackle and John Runyon Jr. Making his uh, first NFL start at left guard. All right. All right. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think it's, I mean, it could very well be Rick Wagner, but I just, I just feel like, cause they, I mean, against the Bucks, obviously they didn't move Elton over mid game uh, to, to take over David Bakhtiari spot. So it would be interesting to see if after like maybe a couple practices, they decide that it's actually the, the right move. Well, and that's what I'm wondering. Cause like mid game, you would think you'd want to keep yeah. the cohesion as much as possible. So if they just threw him in, that would make sense. But now yeah. that they've had like a week to digest and you know, they've got merciless, they've got JJ Watt, who I know will likely see a lot more Billy Turner, but there are some rushers there and yeah, I'm, I, I wouldn't like put money down on it, but Elton Jenkins and then to a fuller extent, just this entire offensive line, because they need to bounce back game. You know, they allowed only three sacks for the first four games of the season and then allowed four, on Aaron Rodgers, one on Tim Boyle. So five total <laughs> last Sunday. So yeah, bounce back game for the offensive line, protecting Aaron Rodgers. Um, so then I guess flipping that, who's your, your player to watch for the Texans on offense this week? I mean, there's no one uh, to talk about other than Deshaun Watson. It's just, he's the key to this entire team. He is the offense. If you minimize him, the game is won. Um, like he's, he's the only thing that's not the problem, right? Over the last four games, he's had a passer rating of over a hundred in the last three games. He's thrown for at least 300 yards or more. He can rush against you. He can scramble. He's great at avoiding pressure. I mean, he's a quarterback that like lives in this Packers defense's nightmares. Um, so I don't think that there's a bigger kind of key to this game, to be honest, than just like stifling Deshaun. And he's, I think he's got what, like 11 touchdowns and no interceptions for the month of October. Like he's played really well these last couple of weeks. And I mean, he is, you know, the kind of quarterback that can run all over this Packers defense and Drew Brees. No, Tom Brady. No, Matt Stafford, not a runner. Kirk Cousins. No. So, but they still did Kirk and and Matt Stafford still got a few big runs in. Yeah. Um, But I mean, they, that's not their bread and butter. And this absolutely is in Deshaun Watson's wheelhouse. So this is, I think the first probably mobile quarterback that this defense will be facing all season. And yeah, it's, it's going to be important for them to lock him up. It feels really obvious. I don't know. I'm going to be watching Randall Cobb because it's Randall Cobb. And, Mm -hmm. um, 
I know that, you know, you have to take this as a caveat, take it with a grain of salt, but I do think it's interesting that Randall Cobb's yardage total leads the entire Green Bay Packers roster right now. And granted, that's because Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard only played three games. But Randall Cobb has only started two of his six games. And yeah, he currently has 277 yards and two touchdowns for this Texans team. So he's still good. Brandon Cook's really good. Will Fuller, really good. Kenny Stills, really good. So that's those are a lot of weapons for Deshaun Watson. And I just want to watch Randall Cobb play because I miss him and I love him. I miss him too. I wish he would... I wish he was still in Green Bay. He'd fit in this offense. Like, so you and I talk about this just so supremely perfectly. Yeah. And it's, it's not like a, do I think he'll get traded to the Packers? Absolutely not. No. But would no, I be no. okay with it? Yeah. Yeah. Only <laughs> like he's one of the few receivers I'd be okay with. You stole the words right out of my mouth. That's the Aaron Rodgers effect though. I think like I wouldn't want well, when you have a connection like that, like you. Yeah. That doesn't go away. Like, yeah they could pick up where they left off and a guy like Ryan Grant who came in last season and didn't play, not going to, not going to make an impact or get on the same page. But, you know, I think we, uh, I think we can just switch now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can go down a Randall Cobb hole, I think for quite a while. So yeah, let's, let's talk about the, the defense. Um, yeah, we'll start, we'll start with the Packers, obviously Packers first. Um, so like we mentioned with Deshaun, right. And his receiving core, the Texans passing attack is virtually kind of the only thing that this team is doing really well in 2020. It's why they're in close games. Um, it's why they end up in a shootout like they did, you know, last weekend with, with the Titans. Um, and you're correct. His wide receiver core is actually filled with some pretty solid players. He's got plenty, plenty of guys to spread the ball around to. Um, and the majority of their offensive yards come from their passing game. So they're actually ranked eighth in passing offense by DVOA, which whatever you feel about DVOA, it's just one of one stat. Um, so I think it's going to be a really big day for our entire secondary against the passing attack, but mostly for Jair. Um, I'll definitely be watching Jair. Not that I'm not every game, but <laughs> extra tonight, just cause you know, he, can he keep his all pro level of play going? Um, especially against like a, a passing attack that, could potentially sort of like really throw the ball against you. Um, and can he stop them? And I'm expecting a turnover from him on Sunday. I think you and I chatted about this a little bit pre-show, but the Texans have given up five already on the season. So um, should be a big day for Jair. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm staying in the secondary. And we talked about this, you know, it's it's a really small sample size, but Couple, couple Matt LaFleur stats in his three losses. Um, in the games following a loss, not only has his team won by an average of 12 points, so they put up a really kind of explosive win the next week, uh, but they also have had at least two turnovers in all three of those bounce-back games. So three picks against the Cowboys, three picks against the Giants, and then a forced fumble and a turnover or an interception against the Panthers. So I do agree with you and I'm staying in the secondary, Um, but mine's going to be whoever comes in for Darnell Savage. He has not practiced yet this week. And I don't know if that's going to be Will Redmond. I don't know if they're going to use Josh Jackson and kind of kick someone out into dime Um, because Kevin King is limited. So he very well could be back, but whether it's Will Redmond or, you know, maybe Raven green, if we see any more of Vernon Scott, it's Mm -hmm. kind of a big loss for a, a secondary that has given up some big plays. And I know Darnell Savage maybe hasn't been as, exceptional as we thought he would be going into his second season, but he's better than the other guys on the roster at the same position. (laughs) So as long as you can keep that continuity and consistency, that's the goal. And 
this, there's going to be a lot of shuffling once again for this Packers defense if now he's out and Kevin King can go even. So I'm with you on the secondary. I do expect the Packers to have a turnover this week. I would I would lock that in. I think they're going to yeah. get their opportunities and they've got to capitalize on those. But th- those are my guys. Um, the amount Deshaun Watson drops back and tries to sling it is going to be so big for both our pass rush and our secondary to take advantage. Well, he's also, isn't he leading the league in like downfield attempts to like 20 plus yards? Yeah. They're there. I have this somewhere. I was going to talk about it later, but like their total offensive yards are 2,208 and 1,693 of those are passing attempts. So pretty much their offense runs if they can pass the ball like that. There is yeah. no rushing at all. And that's that's crazy. That's the most unbalanced thing I've ever seen. And their offensive line is OK. I mean, you had oh, we're going to talk about. Them. Oh, OK, well, we'll save it. Then. We'll save it. Um, where are we? Texans, uh, Texans defensive player to watch. So who would be uh, somebody that you're keeping an eye on for the Texans defense? Um, I mean, this defense is pretty much filled with a bunch of names that virtually nobody would know, um, except for one household name, JJ Watt, who also isn't practicing currently, I believe. So that's something to keep an eye on. I don't know if it's injury related or I think yesterday was veteran rest, but, um, you know, you pretty much take away JJ Watt and he, you can do whatever you want against this defense because their pass rush isn't great. Um, and he's really the only threat. And I think, like you said, he has 99 career sacks, so he he can get to Aaron Rodgers. But it's just going to be, I think, an easier day from a pass rush perspective on our offensive line uh, than the Bucks were. Yeah, I was kind of wondering who I was I was wanting to talk about here for the defense, and I think I'm going to go with Zach Cunningham, uh, their inside linebacker, just because I think it's going to be a real change up for them this week. And you know, he leads the team in tackles. He's already got two sacks on the season, which is impressive for an inside linebacker. But he's a four-six kind of person, not a four-four, four-five. So I think that the Packers will get their opportunities, and especially if you know we're looking for this offense to be able to get back into a rhythm. One of the things that was kind of choking up that rhythm last week was the speed at inside linebacker with Devin White and um, Levante David. So Zach Cunningham, good at his position. He just signed a huge contract extension um, the end of August for like a bazillion dollars um, to keep him in Houston for another couple of years. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what this Packers offense is able to do against, you know, I guess a slower inside linebacker, not to be disrespectful to Zach Cunningham. But I think he's going to be one of the keys to either the offense is sustained success or their struggles on Sunday. You can, it's just facts that he's slower. No disrespect. disrespect. Um, Yeah, same. Oh, same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So we do X factors. So this is where I'm going to talk about the offensive line because (laughs) so I tweeted this out. So if you're listening to this on Friday, you may have already seen my tweet, but The Texans' offensive line is very interesting because they're tied. Actually, they were tied at one point this season with Green Bay, actually, with the best run block win rate in the league. But they were also, but they're also now 31st in the NFL in a pass block win rate. So they block for the run well, don't block for the pass. Well, which makes sense because Deshaun Watson is always scrambling around. So you kind of expect that. But it's interesting 
because their rushing offense is worse than their passing offense by pretty much every single metric that you can find. Um, and they've been held, they've been held to under a hundred total rushing yards in four of their six games this season, but they have over 230 yards passing every game. So essentially Deshaun Watson and his receivers are carrying this team. So my X factor is the, the passing attack. I don't know how else to say it other than like, you have to stop the passing attack. I feel like we've, we've said this already, but it's just like when you look at the, what Deshaun Watson is working with and what he's behind, it's like, how is this offense even running? Also, he's been sacked 19 times already this season. So the offensive line cannot protect him at all. So I think that for, yeah, there's kind of two X factors, I guess is like stopping this passing attack and then having our uh, kind of, get right game for our pass rush getting home on Sean Watson. All right, so I guess, gonna... Actually, here we go. The X factor is the, the Texans offensive line, whether okay. they're going to be good or bad on Sunday. Okay. My X factor is a specific person and that's Jay Sternberger, uh, largely because big Bob Tunyon, big Bob Tunyon. We now found out that it is not pronounced Tanyan. It rhymes um, as Matt Schneidman tweeted with Funyon. So we will now have to all put it in the memory bank to call him Robert Tunyon, but he's not practicing. He hasn't practiced yet this week. So to me, an X factor for this offense will be Jay Sternberger. And if he can produce as TE1, this offense is missing Josiah DeGuara. Obviously for the rest of the season, Mercedes Lewis is limited as a veteran. He has kind of a lingering knee injury, but he did take some veteran rest earlier this week. He and his presser said that he was going through it and is pretty swollen, but it's gotten better. So I would expect to see him out there again, but I still think that this is a big opportunity for Jay Sternberger. Um, John Lovett is the only other, only other tight end on the roster and he has yet to catch an NFL pass. So if the tight end is going to be active on Sunday, I think it'll be a Jay Sternberger day. So We'll see if he's one of the one of the weapons for Aaron Rodgers or not. Breakout game, Jay Sternberger. It's his turn. Could be. That'd be nice if he also got a hat trick because I think it's going to be a high scoring game. And you know, Aaron Rodgers threw six touchdowns last time he was in uh, in Houston. So. All right, so it's going to be a breakout game then for Jay Sternberger. He he needs the hat trick, right? Yeah, I think that's how you christen yourself as a Packers tight end now. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's had one game except against the Bucks, so I guess our bounce back game needs to have a star. It's gonna have to be. It's gonna have to be Jace. So, all right, Jace will be going up against a, like we said, pretty, pretty bad Houston Texans uh, defense. And so that I think brings us to kind of another another kind of matchup. So, what are you looking for in terms of like your key in this game? I guess for me, you kind of touched on it a little bit already, but it is getting a bounce back game from this pass rush because I think that the Packers secondary did its job against the Buccaneers. You know, I, Tom Brady was efficient. He was getting the ball out really quickly, but we didn't see explosive days from Mike Evans. We didn't see explosive games from Chris Godwin. Like Rob Gronkowski kind of ate him up in the middle a little bit. He had his first touchdown scored against the Packers all season from a tight end. But, you know, Jair Alexander your guy is locking him up. He locked up Calvin Ridley, locked up Mike Evans. So to me, the secondary is still kind of doing what it's supposed to be doing. I want to see this front seven just dominate on Sunday. And you, you kind of alluded to it already, but no sacks against Tom Brady. We said that that was like the key to the Buccaneers game. So 
getting some pressure from Zadarius Smith, getting some pressure from Preston, because I want to see what's going on with Preston. Um, Kenny Clark was not supposed to play as much as he did against the Buccaneers. Um, he said that he was supposed to be more of like a third down guy. And then Tyler Lancaster got hurt. So he was kind mm. of forced into action. So I think that, you know, he was kind of forced to play more than he expected. Montrevious Adams looked pretty good against the Buccaneers. So I just, I want to see more from this front seven. And I'd like to see the inside linebackers get involved too, because we saw against the Bucs what a speedy inside linebacker unit can do. And I don't think Kamal Martin will be back for the Texans. I don't know if they'll elevate him just yet, but I think he is close. So seeing mm. more of Chris Barnes and Ty Summers in the middle. So just, yeah, in general, huge pass rush against Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Yeah, I mine was very similar, just like a sort of get right game for for the defense. I think, you know, this is a good, I think, matchup for it because the Texans offense is not very consistent. Um, they they don't do a lot well, which I think we've alluded to. It's kind of just can Deshaun Watson carry this team and for how long? You know, they only have you know, the, I think it was, I don't remember who it was that put out this stat, but like the Packers defense has been really bad on third down. Um, the Houston Texans offense is really bad on third down. They've only converted 40% of their third down so far, right? Like most of their first downs are coming from the passing game and 85 of their first downs, I think only like in the thirties and rushing. So they're predictable. They only do a handful of things, right? Um, there's, there's, I think a pretty clear, uh, blueprint for how to sort of s- stop them. Um, and luckily, like you mentioned just now, the secondary has been playing actually quite well, despite the the most recent game. And, and this is just another game where they just have to come in and do what they need to do. And I think we'll, we'll be able to um, keep it close. Yeah. Because we agreed on key matchups, I'm going to throw out another one that we can talk okay. about just, you know, for fun, but okay. we talked about it a little bit already, but this is a, a really weak run defense that the Packers are playing. I mean, I don't know if we'll see this Packers uh, trio rush for like 200 yards, but it, it honestly feels like if I was, if I was betting, I would put down at least 150 yards between the three backs. Like this is a really good opportunity for, for the Packers to see kind of, I don't want to talk about AJ Dillon every week. And Aaron Rodgers had said like, you know, it's hard to get him on the field because Jamal and Aaron have played so well that you don't want to take them off to give AJ Dillon reps. So it has to happen organically, but this is a good opportunity for it to happen organically. And, you know, I don't think that the Packers are going to be like resting their starters or anything. I don't think it's going to be that kind of game, but if you get some of these explosive runs from guys like Jamal and Aaron, they're going to be tired. So if you can get that kind of production from your offense and, you know, to say that you have an offensive line bounce back as well, and it kind of opens up some holes. I just think that we're going to see more opportunities with AJ Dillon, especially if, you know, Tyler Urban's not able to play for a second week. Yeah, I think it's a good one because I think that, like, you'd hope at least that Malafleur goes back, self scouts himself after the Bucks loss, and kind of figures out new and creative ways to um, attack a defense moving forward. Uh, and so someone he doesn't have no one has much tape on is AJ Dillon. If you want to come out with some kind of surprise, um, bring in your, your back that has barely had any, any touches this season. And I think there's been plenty of opportunities for him. And even in areas like we've talked about where he, you know, we didn't succeed and maybe we would have if we'd put him in. So I, I agree with you. I, I hope that it's a more of a rotation. Yeah, so we're wrapping up a little bit, and I think it's because we agreed so much. I mean, (laughs) normally we have a lot of different opinions and takes, even though we do tend to agree in the the big picture. But 
most of our matchups were the same. So before we wrap things up, though, we obviously have to talk about what we think the final score will be. So Perry, what are, what are your thoughts on what's the matchup look like Sunday? What's the final score? Is it a blowout? Because obviously in Houston in 2012, it was so. <laughs> you just want a repeat of 2012. You want a six touchdown day. I absolutely, yeah, I'm predicting. I mean, that. no one would say no to that, but um, I think it's closer than than we would be like as a fan comfortable with. Um, I think that you know it's still Deshaun, and I still don't underestimate him by any means. And I think even if we are ahead, our defense has been allowing some garbage time points anyway. And uh, so I think it's going to be thirty four to thirty. I think the Packers walk out of here with a win. Uh, if they don't, there's definitely some other issues that we need to talk about. Um, but I think that they're going to be on kind of a revenge tour 2020. Like, we need to walk out of this game with a win. Um, but, you know, the Texans offense can put up some points. So 34-30. All right. I'm doing a blowout. I'm calling it. And I, I'm excited about this one. I, If you read the pregame six-pack that I'll write for Cheesehead TV, it comes out on Fridays. This is one of my favorite stats from the dope sheet. Every week I read the dope sheet and there's always a good little nugget in there. And my favorite nugget from this week's dope sheet um, was the fact that the Packers since 2010 are undefeated in the state of Texas. They have played six times. They've beat the Cowboys four times, the Texans once, and they won the Super Bowl against the Steelers in each of their wins in Texas. They've put up above 30 points, 31, 42, 37, 34, 35, and 34 again. This is a Texans team that's giving up at least 28 points in each of its five losses. And last week, they gave up a season-high 42 against the Titans. This is also a Packers team that, despite only putting up 10 points against the Buccaneers, um, they still sit at third in the league in points four with an average of 32.4 points per game. So... It is a repeat to me of the 2012 season, 42-24. Packers are going to win. They're going to get their get-right game. I don't know if it'll be a six-touchdown performance from Aaron Rodgers because we have to remember that Aaron Jones is going to be there and he's going to get his touches. But, yeah, I'm calling it. It's it's the get-right game. And the Texans are just coming off such a hangover from this loss to the Titans that they're not going to play well. And the Packers are going to look like the Packers that we saw for the first four weeks of the season. Well, I definitely hope you're right. And I'm right. <laughs> like, that's all I have to say about that. I like that. You like that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Okay, Perry, where can the people find you on social media if they want to follow all of your fantastic work? Um, you can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein. Everything that I do is kind of in my bio. So um, I'm not going to list it all off, but please also follow Paxwood. She said on Twitter at PWSS podcast, like subscribe to the podcast on all of your streaming platforms. You can also find it on Cheesehead TV every week. And uh, Maggie, tell the people where they can find you. Well, I'm going to keep it simple because you kept it simple. So you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. You'll be able to find who I write for and what shows I do and what podcasts I'm part of in my bio as well. So thank you as always for listening to the Pax What She Said podcast. As Perry said, remember to like the podcast, subscribe to it, give it a listen, tell all your friends to listen to it. Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! Packers are world champions!